So, we are in the final week of this series, which is Genesis. Uh, and, and in this series, we've been talking about beginnings. We talked about the beginnings of our faith and how Jesus came to earth as a baby, a baby with no money, a baby to poor people, a baby where people didn't even want him around because they stuck him in the manger. Uh, and he came to normal people. The first people to see him, the first people to be called to serve him were shepherds, people that nobody liked. They were outcasts. They were just there. And so it shows us that from the very beginning, Jesus it, it is about everyone. It's not, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be athletic, none of those things. Uh, you, you just have to be willing. You have to be able to answer him and say, yes, I want to do this. I want to do better. And that's what's amazing about our faith. And last week we talked about uh, the beginnings of our relationship with Jesus and how amazing it is to have this opportunity to just talk to him. Like you can literally go home and just talk to Jesus. You can sit here and talk to Jesus. You don't have to tell anybody else what you say to him. You can just pray, talk to him like a friend, ask him for help, ask him for anything. And all of that is because he died on the cross for everyone, not just for people in this room, not just for people outside of this room, for everyone who's ever lived, whether they love him or not. He died for them. Now a lot of people, you still have to make the choice to go to him, but... It is always an open choice, and that's what's so cool. This week, we're going to be talking uh, about the beginnings of living as a disciple, uh, about what it means to live for him, about what it means to, to live as a Christian, about what it means to be the church in the world. Because unfortunately, in the world, you see a lot of people who will say that they're a Christian or say that they follow Jesus, and then they treat people like junk, or they, they, they're cruel, they're angry, they're, they're mean, they're hateful, uh, they're judgy, all of those things. They make people feel like they're worthless. They make people feel like they don't belong. And, and a lot of people will see that, and they will say, well, that's what the church is. That's why I don't want to go to youth. That's why I don't want to go to church. That's why I don't want to be involved, because that's what everybody's like. But it's on us to be different than that. It's on us to treat everybody kindly, to treat everybody as we'd want to be treated. And so I have a couple scriptures. I want to start with Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is uh, the last thing Jesus said to his disciples. So he, after he died on the cross, he was resurrected. He came back, uh, he met with them, he talked with them, he met with some other people, he talked with them, and then like right before he went up to heaven to prepare a place, he said, hey, it is now on you. I want you to carry on my message. I want to carry on how I've treated you, how I've treated others. I want you to carry this on and help other people. And he uses the word teach. He doesn't use the word make the decision for. He doesn't use the word hate people until they listen. He doesn't use the word talk until you get a chance to respond again. He says teach, which means you teach by example. You teach by loving. You teach by helping. You teach by being understanding. You teach by being the light that people want to see. And that's what a disciple is. Uh, we throw that word around a lot in the church. Like we hear disciple all the time. You should be a disciple. Oh, they're a disciple. Oh, disciple is cool. Like all of these things. Uh, well, to be a disciple means to follow Jesus. It means to be like Jesus. And so the disciples, they were the church. And so their entire job was to carry on what Jesus told them to do. And so they were to go around talking about Jesus, yes, but also to just help people. Like there were a lot of times where, where Jesus would heal someone or save someone or, or, or fix something for someone and show them. He would teach them like that. He wouldn't necessarily preach a message. He wouldn't necessarily tell them everything that, that they've ever wanted to hear. He would just help them. And then they would see who he was. They would see what he stood for. Um, and, and with disciples, that's what we do. We're called to help. We're absolutely called to, to live out the faith, to talk about our faith, to share our testimonies. But 
we're called to show people who Jesus is. Uh, I preached today in the traditional, and, and one of the things I said, and I don't like to quote myself, but I'm gonna, one of the things that I said is, you may be the only example of Jesus that someone sees. You may be the only example of the church that someone sees, which means that people unfairly will judge the church, will judge Jesus, will judge Christianity by how you treat them. Now imagine if that's how everything worked. Imagine if Jesus treated you the way that you treat others. Imagine if Jesus loved you the way that you love others. Like, would that be good? Would that be bad? Like, how would that work for you? But he loves us unconditionally, and so he calls us to go and help other people see that, to go and teach other people. And there are going to be a lot of times where you walk up to somebody and like, hey, would you like to go to church with me? Or you'd like to go to youth. My, my youth pastor, he kind of smells and is weird, but he's okay. Uh, and, and you say all these things, and, and they're like, no. No, I don't want to be involved in that. Now, a lot of people would then say, no, you don't understand. I want you to go right now. Your life sucks. Like, you're really messing up. You're doing awful things, so you've got to change. And at that point, they have completely shut you out. Imagine if somebody came up to you, and they told you exactly everything you're doing wrong, and they told you exactly everything that you should do better, and then they say, hey, would you like to go to church? Or would you like to go to Kings Island with me or whatever? You're going to be like, you don't know me. Like, you don't know my life. You can't tell me what to do. And you immediately build up this defense. So what we do as disciples is we go up to somebody and we help them. We go up to somebody and we wave. We say hi. We say, how are you? And then it, when the right time comes, it'll come. Like, maybe you're friends with somebody for a week or so before you actually talk about your faith. That does not mean that you hide your faith. It does not mean that you don't answer questions. It does not mean that you run from it. It means that you show your faith by the way you treat them, by the way you talk, by the way you live. You show your faith, you show the gospel just by being there. There's an old saying from way back in Shakespeare, so I know all you guys know this, uh, and it is a king does not need to convince others that he's a king. A king, a true king, doesn't need to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm a king, I'm a king, like LeBron tries to do. Hey, I'm a king. Hey, listen, I'm a king, you gotta believe me, I'm a king. They're a king, they have a crown, you believe them, you know they're a king. If you are a Christian, you shouldn't have to go up and convince somebody that you're Christian, like, hey, no, really, I'm a Christian. See, look, here's a picture of me walking in the church doors. They should know by how you talk to them, by how you treat them. Uh, one of the things that happens a lot in schools, uh, this will probably shock you, sometimes people get bullied, and sometimes people get made fun of, and, and it sucks, and it hurts, and so sometimes we'll be in like a group of our friends, and, and like somebody else will be kind of making fun of somebody else, and then you're just standing there silently because you're a good person, and you're not involved in that but you're not stopping it. You're not walking away. And then maybe there's somebody kind of nearby that you don't realize and you turn around. It's like, hey, would you like to go to church with me? But they just heard all of that happen. They're like, you didn't stand up. Like, like, what are you doing? Now, this does not mean that you're supposed to be perfect because you're not going to be. No one in this room is perfect. Uh, no one in this world is perfect. That's, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to be stupid sometimes. We're all going to say the wrong thing. We're all going to almost fall on this TV stand thing. We're all going to do the wrong thing at some point but you're showing love to people. And so you, when you're in a situation like that, maybe you're not like stepping up and saying, hey, stop, but you can walk away. Or you can walk over to the person that's being made fun of and saying, hey, let's talk. Like I'm with you now. They can make fun of me. And that's tremendously hard in high school. Uh, when I went through high school, I didn't really get made fun of a ton, but believe it or not, I wasn't the coolest person in the world. Uh, it took a while for that to kick in. And so... <laughs> I mean, I played tennis and I got all A's, like, boom. But uh, 
But so, uh, but, but during that, uh, I, I was very quiet, but there were, there were like one or two people that liked to make fun of me and just push my buttons, and it sucked, and I still remember that. Now, I've forgiven them, and I, I don't think about it a lot, but there are times that I think about that, and at the time, it made me feel worse about myself. Uh, there are a lot of things that we will do, that others will do, that they just go away for us, and we're like, it's over. Like, they have to get over it. Whatever, it's done. But for that person... Rightly or wrongly, it has an impact on their life, and they always remember that. And maybe they see you in 30 years, and absolutely, they should have forgiven you. Not everybody does. And so maybe they see you in 30 years, they're like, I remember when they made fun of me. I, I remember when, when they shoved me. I remember when they uh, pulled the seat out from under me. Like, whatever. And it's like, now they're saying they're a Christian, and now they're doing this and that. Those things matter. Again, it does not mean that you'll be perfect because you won't be. But when you do mess up, being a disciple means that you say, I'm sorry. It means that even to your parents, you say, I'm sorry. Now let me tell you this, and you can write this part down. Your parents are not perfect either. And so there are going to be times that I don't need people to look at their parents if they're in the room. There are going to be times where your parents get on your case and they were not right to do so because they had a bad day or they messed up or they got something wrong. That happens. Now, I can't tell you to tell them to apologize because that's not your case because you're the kid and that's how it works. But you cannot make things worse. And that's where you are. Now, I, everybody here likes to be right. I want to be right more than anyone else in this world. And so that's where a lot of problems come. We just want to keep arguing until somebody admits that we are right. And that's where a lot of people in churches try to convince people to follow Jesus by they just want somebody to say, oh, you're right. They don't care if they actually follow Jesus. And for us, we care. Jesus cared. Uh, Jesus could have stood there and argued with the Pharisees all day, and he had debates with them, but he could have stood there and argued all day and over and over and over again. But he told them the truth, and then if they didn't listen, he'd done his part. And so he was always ready for them to come and talk to him, but he didn't keep following them around, hitting them in the head with a Bible. For one, Bibles didn't exist then, but for two, he wouldn't have done that. Uh, there's a, a f awesome story about a woman at a well, and the woman committed adultery. She had uh, slept around on her husband, and so she comes to the well. She was a, a Samaritan woman, so the Jews hated her, and we'll talk more about that at some point. But, but they super hated her, and Jesus walked by, and he talked to her. He asked her for a drink, and she said, they, like, she talked back to him, like, kindly. They had a conversation, and then he said, uh, she brought up her husband, and he said, well, you know, you've had five, etc." And so he pointed out her sin. In conversation, it wasn't the first thing he said. And then she changed the subject, because that's what we do. And most people would then say, no, you didn't hear me. You have sinned. This is what you've done. Jesus said, okay, and they talked about something else. Now, that didn't change the truth. It didn't mean that he was saying, you're right and I'm wrong. It just meant that he understood that she needed to do that in that moment, and that his love was such he was after the relationship, not the win not being right, because he knew he was right. He didn't have to prove that he was right. And so they talked. And from that story, she became a follower of him, and she went and got the whole town to follow him. Now, if he had beaten her over the head and kept saying it over and over and over again, who knows what happens? Nothing good, probably, because imagine if people do that to you. Which brings us to the next scripture. And I've already preached this like a million times at this church, and I've only been here like a month. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 
The reason I say this a lot is because to me this is what Christianity is. And this is what people get wrong the most, and this is what people need to know the most, and this is what I want to live the most. To love God and to love others. We get the love God stuff. Even if we fail, we get that because God loves us and God does everything for us and we go to church and we worship and we have youth group and we do all these things for God and we're like, okay, I love God. Now, we don't agree with him all the time. We mess up. We don't listen, all those things. It's, it's how we are, but we love him. But then when it comes to others, well, they don't like what I like. They look different than me. They act different than me. They made fun of me once like three years ago. Uh, they actually like LeBron James. That's insane. Like they actually think whatever. They actually do this. They actually do that. Like they got a higher grade than me. They got a lower grade than me. People are weird. Uh, and they beat me in wiffle ball, which is what you all say to me eventually. But it's, they, 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 they did this. They did that. They stepped on my toe one time 17 years ago. Not everybody can say that, but they did that. And we hold these grudges and we, we anger. Well, Jesus also said being angry with someone is essentially murder and murder is bad. And so to love others is hard because people don't love you, because people are mean to you, because people make fun of you, because people are jerks to you, because people talk behind your back. And so it's easy not to love them. But Guess what? All of that stuff happened to Jesus too. While he was hanging on the cross like we talked about last week, people were literally saying, you suck, you should save yourself because you're worthless. All of these bad things. And Jesus was there saying, Father, forgive them. So when we are being made fun of, when we are being mocked, when we have things being thrown at us, figuratively, not literally, we should be able to say the same thing. We should be able to say, well, I want to be like Jesus. I love them. Love does not mean that you get along with. Love does not mean that you become the best friend with. Love does not mean that you agree with. Love means that you love them. It means that no matter what they believe, no matter who they are, no matter where they came from, no matter what they've done to you, that you pray for them. Again, doesn't mean you're going to go be their best friend. If somebody hurts you, that does not mean you have to keep being in that relationship. It doesn't mean you have to keep going around with them. But it means that you don't gossip about them. It means that you don't hate them. It means you don't make fun of them on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever it is today. It means that you don't make them feel like they're worthless just because they've made you feel like that. It's not right what they did, but it means that you are the bigger person and that you are like Jesus and that you love them. And you love them every day in your heart. Again, it doesn't mean you have to walk up to this person who bullies you every single day and say, hey, I love you. Probably not even smart to do that, to be honest with you. But it means that you do not hate them. It's as simple as that. To love others means that you do not hate them. And that is what Christianity is about. It's about showing love to God and showing love to others and doing that every day. You're going to fail sometimes, but you stand up when you fail and you say, God, forgive me. Help me to do better next time. And maybe you apologize to somebody. And maybe they slap you in the face and say, I don't care about your apology. That's on them because you just do what you do. You can only control your life. So you love God, you love others, and you do that by Matthew seven twelve. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law of prophet and prophets. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That means you treat other people the way you wish they would treat you. It does not mean you treat them the way they do treat you. Because that sucks. And people are mean and people are jerks. And people are cruel. And it sucks. It really sucks. I am not going to minimize getting bullied because it hurts. And I'm not ever going to say that's okay to be bullied because it's not. But that does not make it okay for you to do the same thing to someone else. A lot of people 
you'll find if you look through like somebody that bullies somebody or somebody that hurts somebody, they've been hurt because hurt people hurt people. Again, that does not justify what they did. But somebody hurt them and somebody hurt that person and somebody hurt that person. Our job is to break the cycle. And it's not to say, well, my pain doesn't matter, because your pain does matter. You talk to your parents, you talk to me, talk to the other Christian adults, talk to your Christian friends, pray, all of those things. Deal with that, that and, and don't minimize it, but don't use it as an excuse to treat other people the same. You treat people like you would want to be treated. In fact, I'm going to tell you to go a step beyond that. Treat people like Jesus would treat them. Treat people as if Jesus is standing right next to you. And you do that whether you like them or not. You do that whether you agree with them or not. And again, and this is important, if someone is hurting you, if someone is bullying you, if somebody is abusing you, whatever, it does not mean that you have to stand there and take it. But you do not do it back. And you do not allow that to make you hate. You find help however you can. And I promise you, the adults are here for a reason. They are here because they care for you. I am here because I care for you. We will listen to anything that you need us to listen to. And so that is important to have someone like that in your life. But you do not allow that to make you hate. You treat people like you wish you were treated. You treat people like in a perfect world everybody would treat people. And I will tell you this. If every Christian, not every person, if every Christian in the world actually did this, the churches would be full. Like, people would be doing good. Uh, the, the people would be helping others. Like, the world would look so much better. It would never be perfect because it's never going to be perfect. But people would feel a difference. It does not mean every single person would be a Christian, but every single person would feel that love and they would have a better chance at it. So it is on us to be a disciple of Jesus. The point of this series was for you to understand why, by understanding where all this came from, by understanding how Jesus went through all of this so that we could go through all of this knowing that he understands. And then for us to take that and to show others what it actually means to live this faith, what it actually means to be a Christian, what it actually means to be like Jesus. And every one of us can do that. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be above average because you all are special. To Jesus, to me, to your parents, to these adults, you are worth it. And I know I've said that a lot and I will say that a lot. You are worth it. And you are enough. And so help others to see that too. And that's all I got.